You are Locked On Pacers, your daily Indiana Pacers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Happy Friday, everybody, and welcome in to another edition of the Locked On Pacers podcast, where we, of course, talk about the Indiana Pacers, as always. My name's Tony East. I cover the team for Forbes and the West Side Community News. And today is our second to last pod of August, which is free agency month. So we're going to talk about something that happens sort of at the end of free agency for every team, and that's contract extensions. And more specifically, if any players on the Pacers should get a contract extension, right? We've seen quite a few. Maybe that's a little extreme. We've seen about 15, 10 around the league so far, including four non-max veteran extensions, um, so there, there's precedent for this happening this offseason and in multiple forms, which we'll talk about and how the Pacers can copy that strategy. And of course, joining me on the other line to talk about veteran extensions and if the Pacers should pursue them with their players, my lovely co-host, Adam Friedman. Adam, how are you? I'm doing well. I think it's exciting to talk about this kind of stuff because this is where we, it's like semi-fragent adjacent, right? Talking about money and deals. So I think it's, like, it's kind of an easy, fun topic. Yeah. Next Monday. We have Keelan's guarantee date coming up. Dejan Drew signed. Amina Brima waived. We'll cover the last bits of free agency then, and then we'll pivot to September and move away from free agency content until something actually happens. But extensions today. So some background on extensions. For the four guys who got non-max extensions this offseason are Julius Randle from the Knicks, uh, Terry Rozier with the Hornets, and then Marcus Smart and Josh Richardson with the Celtics. How these work is you can get a 120% pay bump over the last season of your contract at most. You don't have to get a pay bump at all. And we'll talk about that with the players that have already signed it in a second. Um, and then you can get 8% raises from that. And your deal can be up to five years in total length. So some guys have our extension eligible for the Pacers who have two years left on their deal. And some guys who are extension eligible with one. So the guys with two years left can sign three at three years on. And the other guys can add four. But you don't have to go that many, right? So Josh Richardson basically signed the exact same deal he had and just added another year on, right? Like you can do that kind of stuff if it adds flexibility to your team or adds value to your deal long-term or in the case that I'll be talking about today, lines your contract up with specific all-star center that the Pacers have. So we will. I'll be using the max extension numbers just to kind of talk about the frameworks a lot today, but it does not have to be that amount. It can be up to that amount. Does that all make sense uh, to you, Adam? Yeah, I think the big thing about this to kind of think about it is it's it's rare for a guy that has multiple years left to get a a contract. Usually, it's guys that are on one year left. Um, there's one pacer that kind of fits that right now, but it's not like we talked about before. It's not uncommon, but usually it's a guy that's heading into the final year and you're wanting to extend him because you want to keep him because he's good or you like him or whatever. Usually, guys that have like two or three years left or two years left are not always extended right away. Yeah, Jimmy Butler is the only guy this offseason with two years left on his deal who took an extension. Um, so he got the, but he, you know, the max extensions are a little different than these vet yeah, extensions. Yeah, I think. Um, but it is possible and legal. It's happened in seasons in the past. But um, yes, he's the only guy this offseason with two years left who got one. Yeah, I think the players that are given those kind of ones are usually the ones that you're trying to keep like forever because, or as long like as James possible. Harden. <laughs> yeah, because they're, they're, Top 15, top 20 are all NBA, they're championship, you know, players who theoretically if they're your number one are coming to a championship, right? I think Jim Butler yes. was clearly that two years ago. Harden has been that multiple times. So yeah, those kind of players make sense for. And you don't see it for kind of the the middle to um kind of bottom starting level players. So last year we saw Monte Morris get a three-year extension. Steven Adams got his two-year extension. Uh, you know, those guys were non-max level extensions, right? It happens every year where there's some guys that get that veteran 
negotiation extension off the floor. So uh, you want to start with a ver- uh, the most likely guy, the least likely guy, an interesting guy. Adam, where do you want to go with this first? There are I think six go with the- extension eligible players. I think we got to go with the most likely. I don't, actually, I don't know if it's the most likely, but the most interesting and just makes them. Oh, I don't know if we agree on the most interesting. Okay. Well, here, I think the player we want to start with, right, is TJ Warren. That's a good one to start with. Yes. So the reason I say he's maybe the most likely is because he only has one year left. But considering the dollar amount, I'm not sure it's that likely because I think he probably feels like he can get more money uh, if he has a good year. Yeah. So Warren is a very interesting one. Um, we talked about this before, like after the bubble, like if they should be pursuing it because they could have extended him last summer as well. But there was no chance he was taking it then. Then he's been off for a whole season, right? So the maximum extension the Pacers can offer TJ Warren is four years, 68 million. Uh, and then the way bonuses work is it would have to have the same bonuses in it that were in his old deal. So he'd have all the same bonuses. So in theory, it could get up to like four years, 72 million, really. Uh, and yeah, Warren, I think is a very interesting one for, like you said, he's an expiring deal. And this can be negotiated in the season. This is a caveat I want to give here too. If you're on an expiring deal, you can negotiate anytime during the season while it's happening. If you're on a deal with two years left, once the season starts, that deadline is over. But Warren can be extended anytime this season. So he's an interesting one because, like you said, I don't know if that dollar amount's enough for him. Like he was amazing the last time he yeah, was healthy. Yeah, I think he can get 72 over three years if he has a good year. Yes, yeah. agreed, 100%. Um, so I don't think he would take that money, but if it gets into the season and he's like not playing at the level he was, you know, earlier, maybe the Pacers could still leave this. Say, hey, we four for 70 right here. Take it. So I think he's the guy that Pacers would like to pursue the hardest with because this is probably an undermarket deal for him. But there is his injury risks, right? You've never seen him play with Carlisle. So you don't I don't know what he would be thinking. He said he likes Indiana at the end of the season in his exit interview. But yeah, for four years, about 68 million is the most the Pacers could offer Warren in an extension. And I think they would like that. And I don't think TJ Warren would take that. Actually, I'm pretty positive he would not. Take yeah. That. I mean, I think that's probably on the table right now if he really wanted it, yeah. I'm sure. Yes. And that's just too, even though it's like a lot of years or whatnot, he's what, 27 next season. So, I mean, just getting his prime years and that's way below what he was, even when he played his last from the Pacers fully, right? He was a 20. In terms of value, was a twenty-plus million-dollar player with that last season with them when he was. And healthy. even if even if Warren has like an, an an okay year, let's just say an okay year, right? The Pacers will need him on the wing even next year, most likely. They'll be over the cap, so his bird rights really valuable to him. And he would he's twenty-seven, right? So he could even next so. offseason sign like two for forty, and then get higher average annual value than this extension. Line himself up with you know Sabonis and the current Pacers core, and then be back on the market again. Um, when he has, you know, more experience in the league and, and still has value because he won't be too old. So I don't think he would take this just for the money constraint. You know, I don't think the raise is enough to get to his market value. But the fact that this one can be negotiated into the season is interesting to me just because that adds a little more hope to it if he starts off really rocky or gets hurt again. By the way, Warren turns 28 in 10 days. So oh, <laughs> we'll be 20 when the season starts. Uh, yeah. yeah, I agree with everything you just said. I mean, I... The, the problem you get to in the middle of the season, if he has a shaky start, then are you sure you want to extend him, right? Then it's We don't like, have to do all four years, so I would still pursue that as the team. But yes, I get why you might not. Yeah, but then like, it depends on how shaky it is, right? Because I think there's, I think he plays the most valuable position in the league, right? If he ends up being just like, even like, let's call it above average for a small forward, right? As that That's what we saw. Like That's kind of where Bojan is, right? Bo- yeah. Bojan's probably above shooting guard, small forward, whatever. Bojan's probably like above average, and he got eighteen million dollars 
in a time when the cap was lower, right? Two years ago now. Is that yeah, 20, about well, about the same actually, just because of the the COVID fall. But yes, you, you know. Yeah, but the cap will probably go up a little bit more next year. So, um, but that doesn't really. Well, yeah. Anyway, yeah. Go ahead. it's in a lower cap environment, so theoretically, one can at least that should be kind of his baseline. Probably is a, like his minimum is eight eighteen million dollars he wants per year. So the last factor that you know, even as as I put on the Pacers colored glasses and say maybe he struggles start the season next year's free agency class is terrible. Like it's really bad. Like Warren, if he has a good year, could be one of the best like five free agents in the NBA next offseason. It sounds insane to say, but look at the list of 2022 free agents. Yeah, well, I don't know if you've noticed this, but it seems like we are we've reached a point where the superstars have now moved themselves to the markets they want to be in. And so we're not seeing as we're just there just isn't as much top end talent hitting the free agent market as it was a couple years ago. Like there was the Paul George and Kawhi was constantly each where and LeBron was kind of up near whatnot. Right now it feels like what 13 of the top 15 players are pretty much stationary. Maybe like Beal and Lillard are the only one that really aren't currently. The cap didn't fly up as much. So most of the, the deals are just like, yeah, it's different now in the cap environment. So a lot of teams are over the cap and a lot of the stars are all together. So next offseason, like John Wall's going to opt in and Russ is going to opt into their huge deals. And Harden and Kyrie, I think, are likely to be extended. So Beal is, a, is an insanely good free agent, right? And then after that, it's like, but Beal will probably get an extension. He could. Yeah. He definitely could. Same with Zach Levine. I was going to say after Beal, it's like Levine and then Aaron Gordon and Rubio. And, you know, yeah. like it's not hard at all for TJ Warren. I to could get see Gordon signing an extension right now, too, because the Nuggets want to lock, lock him up. Not yeah, so it's not, it's not yeah. ridiculous for Warren to be in the top five free agents next summer. So I don't yeah. think he'll because of that. I don't think he'll accept one no matter what, unless he gets like another season ending injury and then the Pacers would be probably pretty risk averse about offering something lengthy. So while it'd be very beneficial for the Pacers, I don't think a TJ Warren extension is likely. Yeah, I would agree with you. I think it's the, probably to me is the most intriguing one. Cause if you get it, like it'd be the best deal, but I think it's not likely. You're right. Okay. I have one that I think is, is interesting or a player I think is interesting. And one that I think there's absolutely no chance it happens. We'll do those two in the next segment but first let's take a short little break and talk about the great folks over at betonline.ag because it is that time of year again football is back preseason football on the gridiron it's happening and as always betonline is your number one spot for all the pro and college football action this season the hoosiers are going to be ranked adam can you believe it get all the updated odds props and contests including betonline's biggest half million dollar nfl mega contest and the world's largest two hundred thousand dollar nfl survivor contest open now at betonline Head over to that website on your mobile device or your laptop, whatever. Sign up today. You'll save a 100% welcome bonus with your first deposit. If you use the promo code LOCKDOWN when you sign up, take advantage of their opening day super promo. You can make a bet on Thursday, September 9th. Uh, and anytime between that, or excuse me, between the Super Bowl champion Bucks and the Dallas Cowboys, if you lose, your wagers are funded up to $25. So betonline.ag, go check it out. Fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. Betonline.ag, promo code LOCKDOWN, your online sportsbook experts. Adam, let's not get the second player uh, extremely quickly. This will take about two sentences of discussion. Uh, Jeremy Lamb is eligible for a nope. four-year, $56.5 million extension this summer. That would be his max extension. Uh, I don't think the Pacers should offer him any extension, obviously, and I don't think you think so either. Yeah, I guess the question is, he could sign midseason. Does he come out, play really well for three months, and all of a sudden they're like, <laughs> oh, we want to keep you. How about three for 30? And then he said, hey, you tried to trade me this summer, and it doesn't take it. <laughs> but then he says, man, my knee, I'll take the guaranteed money. But then, yeah, I think and you're right. Yes, that is the, to me, 
by a mile least likely guy to be extended. Like, like how close to zero of a percent chance could I give it? I guess no one's technically zero when you're waving mil- tens of millions of dollars in their face. But yeah, Jeremy Lamb's not getting extended despite being eligible. Okay, this is the guy I want to talk about. It's very interesting, Adam. That is Malcolm Brogdon. Malcolm yeah, Brogdon has two years left on his deal. So like we said, you know, it's un- it's not, it doesn't not happen, but it's kind of unusual for guys like that to get extensions. Some of that's the team side so they can, you know, get more information. Some of that's the player side. They would like to perform well up their value as their deal goes along. Brogdon. Uh, so his extension, because he's two years left, to kick in in 2022-23 when he is 30, I believe. Uh, he is eligible for a three-year up to $88 million extension. So here's the thing with that. That's probably a tad bit too high. It feels in my head, but, you know, at his best... Brogdon is near an all-star level, but he doesn't play at his best all the time. He's, you know, he's very peaks and valleys kind of player. He's injured a lot. So three for 88 yeah, is probably too high. But I think with Brogdon, the interesting thing to me is, you know, the 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 the, the most I could give him on a one-year extension, just we're adding one year to this deal, is 27 million. That is very interesting to me. Just plopping him an extra 27 million on that last year of the deal. You line it up with Sabonis. He gets big money. He could, like we talked about with Warren, be a free agent when he's about 30. I think he'd be 30 that summer, actually, still. Uh, 31, maybe. You know, that could get him back on the market when he's still valuable. So he could pursue that big deal if he thinks he's worth it then. I think that that is pretty interesting as an idea for the Pacers and Brogdon to pursue. I get why he would maybe want to chase free agency instead. But, you know, given that he had an insane stats last year, like 21 and a half points and, and six assists is nothing to snuff at. But... You know, take $27 million is a ton of money for a guy who's dealt with a ton of injuries his whole career. Like he's been basically hurt every year of his career, except for his rookie year. So that is one that I think is very interesting, like a one-year extension for Brogdon. Uh, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, I, th- I think the the one or two-year one is interesting for him. I think the injury-prone thing is a big one here, right? It, yep. In two years, I mean, we, we've seen it with Oladipo, right? And from two, in two years removed, Oladipo went from being the Pacers cornerstone to basically not even getting a $5 million. We got $5 million or something like that. The minimum, the minimum. Got the minimum. He got literally the minimum. minimum, not even $5 million from the heat. Right. Not only Brown's going to fall that far, but Brogdon is one major injury away from probably even to be crazy, not getting like a major contract, right. Whether it's an ACL, whether it's something, I mean, he's, he'll need to have to rebuild his value up, right. Let's say he gets injured this year, mid season. He's probably, not, you know, then he's looking at a year of recovery. Then he'll play half a season. He's probably not getting a big contract at off season. So I could see him wanting to hedge his bets because he what he his only his second round pick his only big contract has been four for eighty five so you give him let's say even like two for fifty five which is about what you max you give him I wonder if he would take that just because it's a ton of money compared to what he's already made yeah well, remember he's like we're like a year removed from like he was like out for three months remember that the timing just was so lucky that the COVID shutdown happened and he was able to return yeah. for the bubble but he was set to miss like the rest of the season at the end of twenty twenty yeah. before the pandemic changed the scope of that so. Yeah, his injury history makes him an interesting candidate. I, you know, adding one year isn't so risky. And Brogdon's so interesting because when he's good, he's really good. Like he's underpaid when he is, is clicking, but that's not always right. He, but based but, on games played, he's probably fairly paid the way he is paid right now. I agree. I agree with that. So adding 120% is risky for the, for the downside reasons he has. And I would not add three years as the Pacers, not a chance. Uh, no, unless he was taking like 15 million a year, but, but, you know, a one year or maybe a two year makes some sense to me is something the Pacers would sniff. And I get why Brogdon might accept that given how his career has gone to this point. Yeah. And it'd be a night. I mean, it, 
it would be probably what he would get in the open market anyways, right? Like I think yeah, let's say he I agree. has a perfect well, he'd be, two years. Sorry. I think he would get we get more over a well, he'd probably get a four-year deal, right? That's the thing. Yes. We get more overall guarantee. But he's probably, I mean, I guess it depends where the cap is at in two years, but he's probably not looking at making more than like 30 million per year when he, if he has for agency over like three seasons, let's say. Like, I don't think a 30, what'll be 31 if you have for agency 30. So I'm not sure he's looking at like a massive contract and honestly he might be better off just getting like kind of taking the insurance policy for now and then hitting for agency at 32 or signing another extension in a few more years yeah and the the tv deal lasts for only like a couple more seasons right so you want to kind of be a free agent around 2024 2025 because that's when the cap bump's gonna happen too that doesn't push brogdon past that day i think that that's I wonder though if the cap doesn't bump it much further. They might smooth it out this. They're time. allowed to, yeah, they might smooth it this. Time. Well, not even that. They might even artificially on purpose keep it low for a few years just so that the BRI can catch up to the losses from the COVID year still. Like it, that, that's legal for them to do. So Brogdon's an interesting one to me. I actually feel like he's a little more likely to be extended than Warren for the factors that we said. Like the money actually makes sense there, but neither are particularly likely. I'm going to do one more in this segment before we get to two interesting ones in our final segment. Edmund Sumner. Edmund Sumner is technically extension eligible. I have to do a caveat on the rules here. Uh, you're, it, the extension amount in the first year of your extension is either 120% of your previous salary or 120% of league average salary, whichever is bigger. We don't know what league average salary is going to be this coming year, but it'll probably be about $10 million, a little more than that. It's usually estimated about the MLE or a little higher. So his extension is an estimate here, but uh, Sumner, the max extension for him is four years, 53 million-ish. Uh, could be a little lower or higher than that. Sumner's an interesting one. Uh, I can see why he might take like a three-year, 15 to $20 million extension. That might even feel a little low. Um, I get why the Pacers might want to pursue that. And Sumner's interesting because I bet he would like to get on the open market and see what his options are, but you know, he might not be in the rotation this coming year and taking a longer deal would be interesting for him. And the Pacers could get some depth on their team. So I get why there could be an agreement to be had there, but you know, his situation, just being on a really deep team and being a talented player, is very interesting. And I don't, I don't know how he would be thinking in negotiations. Yeah. To me, he might have to actually like earn it in, in season in some ways. Now I think that at some point, does he, if he does earn it, then he's probably going to hit the open market. So it's this weird balance, right. but like, I think we're talking about a guy who, like, I don't think right now you do it because you're not playing him, and I'm not sure you want to pay a guy not five million dollars not to play. Uh, and maybe that's about what you would pay, like, ah, like, like, like signing towards. Yeah, well, I was gonna say it's probably what you're gonna pay Craig, but I think Craig has is that a spot where you're not as deep, right? Uh, you're pretty deep in the guard spot, it's, or right. at least in the, in the two guard spot right now. It feels like when you add like Holiday can play there, Levert, you can play Lamb there. Like, there's just there's just some depth there that, and you know, in Duarte and stuff like that. So there's some of that. Um, and it, I'm not it, sure. In a very yeah, possible yeah. scenario where 12 months from now, TJ Warren and Lamb are not on the team, you'd like to have Edmund Sumner on the wing. Yeah, right? my guess is you can get him and you keep him in the, if he gets to the open market, like obviously he's unrestricted, but I'm not sure you couldn't. Right. And his value might be lower him, right? than the now because, again, he might not be in the rotation all year. So, yeah. Yeah. But if, yeah, I mean, and if he does end up playing well for you and whatever, maybe you can sign him midseason to like three for 30 if it's that kind of level, or if he's really, really good, then you get free agency and you figure it, you know, you decide you pick him or Warren basically and you figure it out. He could be a good midseason candidate because of the factors we've described where he could figure out midseason. Oh, I have no role on this team, but I can get a longer deal and have a bigger role next year because X, Y, Z players might not be back. Maybe he would do that or. um, Yeah. But the thing is, so we, we did our rotations on uh, Wednesday show. Let's say he, Let's say that, that, like, he's really too behind, right? Like, even yeah, Lamb, he's, he's way out. He's, he's way out. He's because Duarte, right? Now, Duarte stinks, 
Sumner becomes super important all of a sudden. But like, I don't think yeah. we're gonna know that in, in year one, really. And you've just stuck, stuck in year one, Dorothy does. I think you, you give him the, the rookie. That's why I said Lamb down. and Warren leave next year because if, if one or the yeah. other is back, then there, there's still no minutes for him even next year. Yeah, because even if Duarte. Warren leaves, there's I'm not sure. I mean, then you can use your MLE to get somebody to fit in there. And so I'm, I'm not sure. I'm not sure if Sumner has a place unless he can outplay basically um, Duarte, Duarte right now. And yeah. and then I, I, I think he's I'll probably gonna be better Holland. this year than Duarte. Yeah, but you got to play him and like now. Justin Holiday. Really, that's where it right. gets to level. Right. Yep. But Lavert and Justin will even be expiring uh, heading into next season, right? So that's where you, again wing depth is always nice. But I get why Sumner would be like, oh, I can get a bigger opportunity. But then two years from now, they might have another first round pick and be in the rotation. Like now, you're you know what I mean. You start moving far down, they might have a Gardner. They might end up being really bad next year and have a point guard picked in the or a guard picked in the top ten. Like you don't know. Yep. So he's in an interesting spot, and I. There are because he's so low in the rotation, it's unlikely, but I can see why the Pacers would want to pursue that. And he likes it here and they, they clearly value him, right? They, they pursued an extent or a, the longer term deal with him last time. So maybe they'll do it again. Who knows? But let's talk. There's two more guys left. Both are starters um, on the Pacers who have interesting extension situations. One is a maybe one's a little less. Of a maybe we'll talk about that in a second, but let's take one more break. Talk about the great folks first over at rockauto.com because there are so many makes and models of cars and trucks. Now it's so hard for your local chain auto parts stores to stock all the parts that are possible for every vehicle. And then you got to go in and ask if they have it. And they have to ask you what you know your specs are. And then you wait and they just order it because they never have the exact thing you need. And you could have just ordered it at home yourself on rockauto.com. You would save time and money doing so. Their prices are always reliably low and it's way faster than that experience I just described. They're a family business serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years. Their prices, again, always reliably low for every customer. And they'll have everything you could need. Brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, even new carpet. They've got it. Go explore their easy-use website today and find the solution to your auto parts needs. Go to rockauto.com right now. See all the parts available for your car or truck. Right, locked on in there. How did you hear about us, Box, when you're checking out? So they know that we sent you amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need at rockauto.com. And, of course, we're talking about Built Bar. We're always talking about Built Bar because they are making the best-tasting protein bars ever they have so many delicious flavors so there's something for everyone they're 100 covered in chocolate soft easy to chew protein bars i've got that down ad nauseum now because i say it so much but it's true they're absolutely delicious i've tried every flavor including their mixed box which has nine of their more popular flavors love the double chocolate love the peanut butter brownie there's so many good ones you've got to try them uh and not only are they great tasting but they're healthy too right 17 to 18 grams of protein Calories from ranging from 130 to 180, only four to five grams of sugar and only five, four to five grams of net carbs. They're also the official protein bar of the U.S. track and field team. They have a grasshopper cookie, new flavor, and raspberry chill nut. You got to go try them. Go to built.com. Use the promo code LOCKED15. You'll get 15% off your order. That promo code is LOCKED, L-O-C-K-E-D, 1515 for 15% off at builtbar.com. Okay, the last two guys, Adam R. Harris, Levert, and Miles Turner, who are eligible. Four extensions like Brogdon, they would not kick in until the 2023-24 season because both of those guys have two years left on their deal. Which one of those guys is more interesting to talk about to you? Uh, I think Turner is. Let's go. I, I kind of agree because I think the money is is right on the money for what he's worth. A 120% pay bump for him would mean his extension starts at $21.6 million in the 2023-24 season. His total extension would be basically three years, $70 million with the current bonuses that he has, uh, so making All-NBA or All-Defense. Um, I think that's probably pretty good value 
The problem is they still have Sabonis on the team. I don't think Turner would like to extend long-term on a team that still has Sabonis on the team. Yeah, I mean, he'd be doing this because he thinks he can't get his inferiority or it's a way to guarantee his money yep. injury, right? And then, I mean, like, you, you may... He, he would sound like such a knowing fully well he could get traded during it. I mean, like, I don't... Does, so if he signs an extension, does that, does that lock him up from being traded for the year or no? Or six months. Six months. So that would, if he signed it... So it's there any is day, a right? crucial time to do it before the trade deadline makes it not possible, yes. So when's, when's the trade deadline next year, do we know? Uh, probably the same. It's the same calendar as past year, so probably mid-February. I think the exact date's out, but I don't want to look it up while we're talking. So he's already past that point then, right? No, I, I think it's possible to still barely do it beforehand. Well, we do six months from today. It's February 26, right? Um. Oh, yeah. The calendar's off by a year this summer. Never mind. Well, yeah, I wonder might... if that would change. I yeah. wonder if that would change because you're right because the calendar is up. I wonder if it would be like five. That's why usually a lot of extensions happen in July so that they can still be traded in theory in that first season. So maybe that'll get, you know, the, the league has updated their calendar. So maybe that'll happen again this year where that counts as July. But again, you got to do it like before. Okay. Even if they're going to do that mid-September and that's just conjecture anyway. So for, yeah, that, that money's right. And that's why I think he could sniff it. But you know, I think the situation of the Pacers makes that one a little hard. And I don't know if he'd want to do three years, right? He might want to do like some other guys we talked about, maybe something shorter so he could get back out on the market in, you know, the new TV deal. So he could, you know, have more choices of destination or more money on the table. Right. Uh, he's, you know, he's always talked about the Mavs and being from Dallas. I don't know if he actually wants to play there. It's just a thing that, you know, he always trains there. Um, so I don't know what his future holds necessarily. I think the money's good, and but I don't think the Pacers want to prolong uh, their current center situation. So this one doesn't seem super likely to me. Yeah, I, I also wonder if he would be more inclined to want to do the deal in the Pacers because I don't. I mean, he's clearly been available for like what two years now, or two off seasons now, and they and they really haven't found the right trade because I feel like they value him more than the market does in some ways. Um, so I don't know. I like, I don't know. Like if he had for agency in two years, like, I mean, well, I mean, I, I, I really depend on the TV money is obviously, but like, I don't know if he would be able to get $21 million in the first year and two years from now. I mean, I just, I just don't know if that's what his market really is. I just, I mean, I think that if the Patriots probably view him as like, they should be able to get a player of his caliber and the market's kind of like, he's probably not, he's probably a top 60 player to the Pacers, but not a top 60 player to the rest of the league. That kind I of think sense. his value would be higher on most other teams, right? Yeah, but I think the value of a center in general, genuine, and wow, in general, wow, wow. is I know, wow, I went through a bunch of G- what is his genuine value and his non genuine? <laughs> I think in general, center values are not as high unless you're like in the like very top tier centers, like you're you're the Jokic and Beads. The middle uh, class of centers is interesting these days. Yeah. Like Robert, even Robert Williams just got four for fifty four. Like Turner's better than him. Yeah, I mean, I think a lot of it too with centers is like circumstance, right? Certain teams really need center. So if he got hit the right team at the right for aging moment, for sure. Like, like if Charlotte had $30 million available today, they'd probably give all $30 million to Turner because <laughs> they need a center. But then there's a bunch of teams that like kind of feel like they're good enough with the either the young center they've got or the older player, the veteran they've gone. So like it just it really is like a very like fickle market, right? Where like it they, it depends who's got money and where. And that's why probably he'll his most It'd be most valuable to a team when he can be traded on the last year of his deal because the teams can then use his bird rights to extend it if they want to keep him, especially a team that needs a center but's over the cap, like Charlotte. I think New Orleans is a good example of that as well. Um, because they won't be able to get him in free agency. I just I just don't know what it's like if he's a free agent, what his market value is if the cap space isn't like abundant. Um, yeah, you know, he could be a, lot, a good sign and trade candidate in two years. We'll That's talk true. about that podcast in the summer of 2023 if we have to. 
Um, but yeah, so I don't think this one makes a lot of sense for the Pacers, just given their, you know, their cap situation too, and their aspirations with Sabonis and figuring out what to do with Gogan, Isaiah Jackson. I don't think you think about Isaiah Jackson too much if Turner's going to take a nice extension for your team. But you, well, if, if Turner's an extension, please free Goga for God's sake. Oh yeah, yeah, hundred percent. <laughs> like for we, I mean, we did it on Wednesday, but God, you're going to keep Turner. Just just trade Goga and let him go play somewhere. Just let him play. Last up on our eligible extendees the newest pacer well never mind uh, the newest pacer last year karis lavert is extension eligible he signed a three-year extension with the nets which put his total deal length at four years at the time it is now the third anniversary second anniversary of said extension occurring so he is extension eligible he is eligible for a three-year 73 million dollar extension at most it would start in 2023-24. I think that his deal lining up with Brogdon, um, I think to me that he would not take 73 million. I think he could probably hope to get more than that when he is a free agent in a few years, especially if he, you know, he averaged over 20 points per game with the Pacers down the stretch. Like if he can play like that for the next two years. Fake stats. Let's be real, but yeah. Why was last year fake stats? No, it just was a little bit of like where at that point there were so many injuries, he was like just I mean, they, one, he had that, that game. He didn't have like a huge game against uh, Oklahoma City. He wasn't even trying at that point. He had I mean, 36 so against someone, but I don't think it was. Yeah, like, okay, uh, he had 36 against, against Brooklyn, I guess it looks like, and 35 yes, against right. Washington. Team I knew. They're not like fake stats. Just, at the end of the season, a lot of the teams that they played weren't necessarily, like, I guess, trying as hard as them. And so he. There were a lot of. T- outside like the last three games, I don't know about that. But the reason he got more touches because everybody else was hurt, basically. Like it was him. Yeah, that also. Yeah. Running the like offense, 20 to basically. 28 shots. And they played Washington. That's insane. That said, you know, he was more efficient with the Pacers. He finished well at the rim. He didn't shoot well from three, but like he shot extremely well from two compared to how he has in the past. If that's sustainable, then he could be a little more efficient than he was on past teams. I think his value is definitely higher than three for 73 and would be at that point, especially if he gets better and gains more. Like if Warren leaves, he'll have more ball handling duties. So I don't think he would accept it, uh, even if the Pacers offered the most they possibly could. So like Brogdon, I, I like I bet they would like to or think about, you know, hey, let's line this up with Sabonis or add extra years to our good player. But I don't think Lever would take anything. Yeah, I think, too, you do want to see how he fits around Warren, around like with everybody. Right. Everybody. Because yes, like, him and Warren, I think, play kind of a similar ish style. Uh, Lever's a better passer. So that, that's a big plus for him. But um, I, I do think they play a similar like something they need to have the ball to score kind of like one-on-one game kind of play. So I, I I wonder how that works together. And I think you still have the ability that if he does play really well with Warren, you could extend him the, the next offseason, right? If you really want to. You could so extend Warren during the season and then Levert next offseason. Yeah, War, so again, I mean, Warren, Warren won't take yeah, it. Yeah, and, and what I mean by like his stats to kind of clarify on, on like his fake stats is I just mean that like there really weren't a lot of other players to score points, so he sucked up the points. He did a good job of it. He didn't. He was efficient. There's nothing wrong with that. But I'm not sure there's like a lot to glean from his 35 games where like Turner missed what 15 of them. Brogdon was in and out for about 10 or 15 of them. There was no Warren. Like it's really hard to determine what those stats mean except the fact that he was the guy that got all the team's points. People were were absent. Next year, the extension he could sign, since you mentioned it, would be four years, 101 million. So if he has a good year. I mean, that's another reason that a lot of these guys don't take it with two years left unless their value is becoming very obvious or they're getting older because uh, he could get over $100 million, which sounds awesome to make on a deal. So if he has a good season, he could stand to make a lot more. That was the conundrum with Warren last season. Uh, so so Levert, I think, is just the Pacers are just too shy on the money. They can't quite do it. 
you know, injuries kind of downplayed his first deal uh, with Brooklyn. So I just, I don't, I don't, ex- I don't think he would take anything. I don't think there's anything the Pacers can, can get to, uh, to make it happen with him. Yeah. So side question deals, deals with all, all, all of these contracts because the TV deal might spike the, the cap are the Pacers better off. I mean, they are better off, but like, do you think they're thinking about that and trying to extend some of these guys to deals that might right now seem like maybe overpays, but knowing that the TV deal will spike, that really be like an underpay. Well, no one knows how much it'll affect the cap. So it's hard to do that. Right. Well, it's like, I feel like um, this was the issue with Oklahoma city back in 14, right? If they had signed like hardened up, like, I think it was like a four year, like they were borrowing like four years, 80 versus four years, 65. And that's why he left. But at the end of that deal, the cap was like $95 million instead of 60. So it wouldn't have mattered. I just wonder if like, if they're, I know you're sort of like playing the odds kind of thing, but I wonder if you're, if you're thinking about that, like, Hey, we should maybe try to get somebody who we think maybe like a Brogdon or Levert that we're maybe overpaying a little bit. But if we give them this deal and the, the cap goes up, like we think it's going to go up, then it's going to look like, like a cheap deal by the time it hits the last year of it. Certainly a consideration, something risky and the double draft might come up in between now and then too. Right. So there's a lot to think about with, you know, a really strong draft potentially coming up that you had to consider how your roster is going to shake around then. I feel That's like the why draft I, is like the biggest like carrot, just like everybody's chasing and just it might not even be real. Them. Like with the ignite stuff and the overtime elite stuff, like it might not even be that much better. I feel like in 2030, if we're sort of pockets be like, oh, they could have <laughs> the a double, double draft, draft next year. Yeah. yeah. The double draft for those unaware who are still here. Um, the there were reports that you know, of the NBA fighting to get rid of one and done. And the double draft would be if they did get rid of one and done, there would be a draft where there were guys who had to go to college for the final year of one and done combined with the first year of the high school kids who can go pro. So you'd really have the top of two draft classes on one drafts would be loaded compared to normal, uh, which was great for a team like the Pacers who refused to, to, to tank up for a top pick. So but yeah, but then some... they might get stuck with an 18-year-old who they took a chance on who maybe was number one, was number like five in his class. But if you played your college, it would have been like 50. Right. So, <laughs> so yeah, that's another thing. That happens a lot. If you look at the, the like recruiting class, like like what? Like Scal, LeBCA was like number one in his class. I believe, Brian Bowen, former baseball. Went, and then he went 22, I think, the next draft. So that happens a lot. Yeah. So I would say ranking this from most likely to least likely – um, is pretty hard, but the money gets in the, you know, the money making it. So Warren and Levert would not say yes to anything. I think my most likely to least likely would be Brogdon first, Sumner second, Turner third, Warren fourth, Levert fifth, Lamb last. I think I'd flip Levert and, um, that's fair. Turner. Warren might have more likelihood to me just because it can happen during the season when there's more dynamic changes. Yeah, that's fair. But that's the only reason I say that. All right. Extensions. I'll have an article about this tomorrow. So if you want to read, you can do that as well. There'll be some quotes in there as well. So always some added details. Uh, thank you guys so much for listening. I hope you had a great week. And again, a great August. This month is almost over. We'll be back Monday to talk. Keelan Martin's upcoming guarantee date again. Uh, the new two-way player on the Pacers, the end of their training camp deal, all the stuff they still have to think about this offseason to close out our offseason coverage. And then we'll do a mailbag to end the week next week. So get ready for that. Thank you guys so much for listening. And we will see you on Monday. <laughs>